It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, December 14, 2021. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. Should all-terrain vehicles be street legal in Sitka? When the Sitka Assembly meets tonight, it will consider opting out of new state regulations allowing ATVs on roads with a speed limit less than 45 miles per hour. The new road rules paving the way for ATV use are set to go into effect in January, but local public safety officials are calling for the Assembly to opt out due to safety concerns. In a memo, Sitka Police Chief Robert Beatty and Fire Chief Craig Warren oppose the state's regulations and believe it will increase injuries and fatal accidents on local roadways. Sitka's Police and Fire Commission unanimously recommends opting out, and the Alaska Association of Chiefs of Police also opposes the new rules. In some jurisdictions, ATVs are also referred to as off-highway vehicles, or OHVs. In Sitka, they're commonly seen this time of year plowing snow on neighborhood sidewalks. In other business, the Sitka Assembly will hear presentations from the state's chief medical officer, Dr. Ann Zink, and a quarterly report from Visit Sitka. It will also discuss creating a place names task force that will study local traditional place names and recommend updates to the Assembly. The Sitka Assembly meets tonight at 6 p.m. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. Sitka's coronavirus case count increased substantially over the weekend with 13 new cases reported from Friday to Sunday. This makes 26 cases reported over the last week, according to data from the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services. The increased cases keep Sitka in high alert. It's the biggest jump in cases the community has seen since mid-October. Since the beginning of the pandemic, Sitka has reported 1,271 COVID cases, 27 hospitalizations, and five deaths. Around 73 percent of all Sitkins are fully vaccinated, but booster shots have leveled off after peaking in September. Around 39 percent of Sitkins, 18 and over, have received a booster shot, according to state data. State epidemiologists are currently recommending that everyone 16 or older get a COVID vaccine booster if it's been six months since receiving the Pfizer vaccine. Adults 18 and over who received the Moderna vaccine six months ago are also eligible for a booster, as are adults who received the J&J vaccine at least two months ago. For more information on how to register for a COVID vaccine or booster shot, visit our website at kcaw.org. Yesterday's announcement that the Omicron variant is now in Alaska has state health officials hoping that the current downward trend in coronavirus cases in Alaska will continue. Although Omicron has proven more communicable than some earlier mutations of the virus, the resulting illness typically has been not as severe. Nevertheless, there is strong evidence that the vaccine and a booster shot provide critical protection against Omicron and any future variants. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. There were over 1,400 new coronavirus infections in Alaska last week, about the same number of new infections reported each day during the height of the recent surge in late September and October. Nationally, cases are on the rise again, due in part to the arrival of the highly transmissible Omicron variant. Dr. Ann Zink is glad to see that only 8% of Alaska's hospital beds are occupied by COVID patients, down from 20% a couple of months ago. And although immunity from vaccines has been shown to wane after six months, Zink says that vaccines remain the best choice for reducing the risk of a severe infection. You know, you're around 10 10 times more likely to be hospitalized if you're unvaccinated compared to vaccinated. Zink says that a couple of new monoclonal antibody treatments recently have been approved to fight COVID-19 in patients who've already contracted the disease, 
but they're no substitute for not getting COVID in the first place. That means a vaccination or a booster for anyone who's at least six months out from receiving the Pfizer or Moderna series or two months out from their single-shot J&J vaccine. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control on December 10th authorized boosters for 16-year-olds who received the initial series of the Pfizer vaccine. Will a new variant always mean a new round of boosters? State epidemiologist Dr. Joe McLaughlin says this remains a possibility. What if we get a variant that evades immunity to such a degree that um, the vaccines that we have really provide limited protection? And then, yes, we would be looking at the possibility of uh, a booster dose, especially if that variant was associated with high rates of hospitalization and death. Variations like Delta and Omicron can occur when the virus invades a human host and is allowed to replicate. Omicron first appeared and skyrocketed in South Africa, where vaccination rates are generally low. McLaughlin says we probably won't see an end to variants until we see an end to COVID. We would expect that um, more mutations are likely to occur in uh, regions of the world where low vaccination coverage rates are happening because, um, <clears throat> because the virus has more opportunities to replicate. The more people that are susceptible to infection, the more likely you're going to see those people get infected and then the more viral uh, opportunities for replication. Another argument for a booster shot, 57% of infections among Alaskans over 65 years of age in October were breakthrough cases. This population is 77% vaccinated, but vaccinated early. A similar increase in breakthroughs in younger age groups seems likely as they move past the six-month mark unless they take advantage of the widely available and free booster vaccines. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Alaska's chief medical officer, Dr. Ann Zink, will speak to the Sitka Assembly during its regular meeting on Tuesday, December 14th, and outline changes to the state's reporting strategy coming in January. A day trip to Yakutat turned into a three-night stay for one Juneau resident because of a weather station malfunction preventing planes from taking off. As KTOO's Lindsay Brolini reports, it's a recurring problem for the community that, for most of the year, is only connected through air travel. Juno resident Norton Gregory was going to Yakutat on a day trip for work on December 1st. The Alaska Airlines jet landed that evening, but when the jet took off later, only crew members were on board. That's because a piece of equipment wasn't working and airlines can't take off in Yakutat with passengers on the plane without it. Federal Aviation Administration regulations require airlines to have information like wind speed, direction, temperature, and cloud coverage in order to take off or land. Airlines can get this information from human weather observers or automated weather systems. Yakutat once had a weather observer but hasn't had one in a long time, so airlines flying into the community have to rely on the automated weather system called an Automated Surface Observing System, or ASOS. Because of FAA regulation, the airline can't take off without it, even if the weather looks good. That left Gregory stranded in the remote community known, among other things, for its surfing. You know, I was thinking that I could probably go get a surfboard from Icy Wave Surf Shop and give that a go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think you're kind of just, you're at their will. You're at the will of the airlines when something like this happens. The only other option for Gregory to get home besides waiting for ASOS to be fixed was to charter a flight with Alaska Seaplanes. And it comes with a hefty price tag, about $5,000 for the charter from Juneau to Yakutat and back. It wasn't a completely negative experience for Gregory. 
During his three extra days, he got to see some friends he hadn't seen in a while, meet the village dogs, and see a Yakutat winter sunrise. You know, it's a beautiful place to be stranded. Gregory said he was lucky he didn't have any pressing commitments, but said others may have needed to make flight connections or get to doctor's appointments in other communities. You know, it's just life in the village, I think, for these folks. I think they might be a little more accustomed to it than I. Um, but... You know, I don't think it's something that we should be accustomed to. I think that these folks deserve regular air service. The town's mayor, Cindy Bremner, says this has been a problem for more than two years now, but this was the longest outage Yakutat has had. It's created a lot of problems for residents trying to travel outside of the community. People were stranded in Anchorage, Juneau, and Seattle. With an extra week added onto their travel, expenses can rise quickly. And it isn't just a problem about residents wanting to be able to travel in and out of the community. We rely on the airline for everything, from our groceries to going to see the doctor to, unfortunately, during this last outage, we had a couple of deaths in our community, and that's also how they get transported to the medical examiner's office. And that was unable to happen for a few days. One resident ended up calling a charter for the deceased because they weren't sure if the problem would be fixed in time. When the same problem happened in October, some residents were traveling to a funeral. They and the deceased person were stuck in Anchorage until ASOS was fixed. Bremner wants to find a permanent solution to this problem because the community relies on air travel for almost everything. They can't use a ferry as a backup option like some other southeast communities can. We don't get regular ferry service in the winter and fairly sporadic even in the summer. So it doesn't really matter whether it's summer or winter, we still need this fix so we can get our airline in here daily. Chartering a plane is expensive and a lot of people can't afford it. But in emergencies, sometimes people have to shoulder that cost. There was a gentleman in that had to get out for his dialysis, and that's not something you can just put off if you want to live. Bremner hopes that with the community of Yakutat, Alaska Airlines, and the National Weather Service working together, they can come up with a permanent solution. In Juneau, I'm Lindsay Brolini. Taking a look at the community calendar. The deadline to sign up for Sitka Kitch's Harvest Lasagna and Hot Cocoa class is 11.30 p.m. Friday, December 17th. The class itself is 5.30 p.m. Monday, December 20th via Zoom. Register at sitkakitch.eventsmart.com. All are invited to support Special Olympics Alaska athletes statewide by participating in the 2021 Polar Plunge virtually anytime through December 30th by registering online, raising a minimum of $125, and then taking the plunge. Register or find more information at specialolympicsalaska.org. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.